Welcome to DocuTalks, a podcast about documentaries mostly from Netflix. Chelsea and Michelle may be from two different generations, but they both share a passion for talks of true crime, murder, and documentaries with flair. Join these chatty bitches while they dish the latest hot documentary on DocuTalks. Welcome to DocuTalk. This is Michelle. And I'm Chelsea. And this week we're covering the documentary Audrey and Daisy. So just a warning, we'll be using explicit language. And also just a trigger warning that we will be talking about sexual assault, which definitely could be upsetting for some people. So this week, I didn't really listen to too much, but my nieces are here. Okay, so my nieces do not like scary movies. My go-to tends to be action, and they don't really like action movies or scary or bloody movies. So we watched A Dog's Journey. Excellent movie. Very sad. I hope I'm not spoiling it for anybody, but the dog dies several times and so I'm crying away okay let's not watch an action movie but we can just ball our eyes out through the whole movie while we're watching this dog and his journey but okay I think I would prefer an action movie but that's okay it was still a good movie I'm trying so hard not to laugh audibly <laughs> right now <laughs> during this because I hate scary movies, but like I love action and gore and like, you know, we like a lot of same movies. So I'm just here and I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't like scary movies, but I don't think action movies are scary. What the? What? I know they, they don't like anything that's going to shock you or surprise you or make you jump. So I don't. I don't like horror, but I love action. I love suspense. Mm -hmm. So then we had a little discussion yesterday. What's the difference between like a horror movie and a suspense movie? Because they were like, well, didn't you watch The Invisible Man? And I'm like, yes, I watched The Invisible Man, but I don't consider that horror. I consider that suspense. They just don't like anything scary or with blood. And apparently with fire also. This is what happens when you're raised in a household that doesn't let you watch television as a child. (laughs) That's right. They really didn't watch TV. (laughs) No. And we're not talking about young girls here, guys. Like, they are, you know, in high school and university now. Yes. So they are a young generation, but they were not raised (laughs) with television. This is the ramification. (laughs) It's a very good point. (laughs) Okay, so um, it's funny that you haven't really been listening to anything, and I have just been binge listening to podcasts lately. I think I'm probably, um, I'm just getting in vacation mode, so I've kind of checked out. Right now, I'm listening to the podcast, The Missionary, and at first I was not interested because I thought it might be a bit too religious for me with the name The Missionary. How could you not think that? Um, but so it's by iHeartRadio, and what a wild ride. I'm just absolutely addicted. Uh, it's about a girl who goes to Uganda in 2009, and at 19, she ends up doing some volunteering and then starts her own NGO because, you know, that's what the missionaries do. It's like they're uneducated. They've got been homeschooled until high school, and then they decide at 19, I'm going to make my own NGO and save the world in Africa. God chose me. Oh. I think it's so fascinating, um, but it quickly turns in turns from being something to help parents with malnutrition to like a full blown medical facility oh. dealing with 
hardcore trauma and really severe medical issues with like a lot of unskilled staff and you know it's just this young not medically qualified girl at the helm and she is now facing charges so actual criminal charges because of deaths that have happened and she's been charged with impersonating a doctor and potentially doing experiments on her patients so it's just getting into the nitty-gritty but it just went to court this year so it's very um, current yeah and she's my age so like around the same age as me so I think it's very interesting I really recommend it it's just completely blown up this whole idea of this white savior complex and mm-hmm. um, all these missionaries and how common it is for missionaries to go impersonate medical professionals or just pro- actual professionals and and abuse all these Africans. And so I, I'm so enthralled right now and I really want to do some more research and maybe do some deeper dive, read some books. So if any of the listeners have some books or documentaries about this topic, would love to hear them. So our overall thoughts for this documentary, I was really looking forward to watching this documentary and I knew it would be a difficult documentary to watch, but I think it's an important one. It was very hard to watch, but necessary. The topics and themes brought up in it are so pertinent to our current society, and it shows the dark underbelly of social media and the dire consequences of technology and the internet, especially with these young, impressionable tweens, teens. It can be used to tear down the life of someone else and spread just absolute filth all over the internet, especially all the women who've been targeted and girls that have been targeted on online assault campaigns and and things like that. It's just shocking. Mm. And I thought the documentary really showed that even now in the 21st century, our ideas and thoughts on rape and sexual assault haven't changed that much. And it's still the same old trope of blaming the girls and and letting, you know, boys will be boys and, and they were tempted. It's such a repulsive trope that I can't believe in 2020 we are still talking about. I 100% agree with you. I I think this documentary is so important for everybody to watch, especially if you have teenage girls, but also if you have boys to teach them that boys. Yeah. To teach them that this isn't the way that you should treat women. And it does give a glimpse into teenage life and, and the use of cell phones. And like you said, the impact of technology, I'm so thankful they weren't around when I was growing up in all honesty. I can't imagine you know, I, I remember what it was like being a teenager and if there's some rumor about you and how devastating that was, but then it's just your word against mine. If there's some photos to back it up, that's even worse, right? Oh, um, yeah. It also just demonstrates how far we have to go still for women and women's rights and respect in society. I just thought the whole documentary is very upsetting. It's very emotional. If you haven't watched listeners, prepare yourself. I certainly had to make sure I was in the right frame of mind before I started watching it. And it's disturbing some of the things that people were saying as to what these girls were expecting when they were going to a boy's house at 1 a.m. Again, that's like you said, these thoughts that are still out there in this day and age that what women want to go to a party and get raped is that what people think it's exactly the, 
the victim blaming is just that's really shocking for me in this day and age. And like, and, what are the boys doing inviting these girls over? Like, why do they never question that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to warn listeners right now that this episode may be a bit long because I just have a feeling that Chelsea and I are going to have a lot to say. And we often do. So I usually end up editing out a fair bit out of the rants we will go on when we're doing our podcast to try to keep them under an hour. But I'm not too sure if we'll be able to do that this time. So I I will apologize now if it's over an hour. I love that you say we when we all know it's just me over here ranting. On my I know. Box. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> How thoughtful. All right. So it's also very hard just to decide where to delve in here. But I just thought I'd start a little bit with Audrey's story and what happened with her. I thought it was so sad because this is the first time she goes to a party. So, you know, she's probably excited going to her first party as a teenager. Of course, she gets drunk. Not too unusual for teenagers, I don't think. Um, And one of the boys carries her upstairs and a bunch of boys right all over her right all over her body and take pictures and sexually assault her like what the fuck it's unbelievable to me that they even thought that this was okay like the things they wrote too right exactly and And where they wrote them like they took off all of her clothes We've all been to like that one party where you see someone passed out and like they may have had something written on their face or their arms or things like that. That happens. But never once have I seen someone stripped naked and just completely defiled like that. Completely. And I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize now because there were two Johns. They were in that, you know, cartoon mode. I kept confusing which one's which John. But you know, one of them said, well, you know, it was a joke. She wrote on me in school the other day. And, and, you know, it's just something we did for fun. Oh, really? Do you think this is something she would have liked for fun? Especially when her mother commented, like she was very private, very insecure about how she looked and her body and like always keeping herself quite covered and modest. So no, that would not have ever flown. Oh, it's just, yeah, and there's a huge difference between, oh, she drew on my arm in study hall, and I took off her pants and wrote on her vagina. Yeah, exactly. Like, explicit language. Just wrote absolute filth all over her. And then supposedly, you know, somebody said something was inside her. Really? Are you kidding me? Did it magically get there? (laughs) Yeah, so then he fingers her. And she liked it. Yeah. She was saying harder. I don't even believe that for a second. Me either. And they there were photos and you could tell that she was completely and utterly incapacitated. There's no way she could have been able to even communicate. Maybe she was, yeah. you know, making some sounds, but they were probably not anything pleasurable or indicating that she wanted something happening to her. Yeah. She wasn't even conscious. And there's no thought about that the boys didn't comment on the fact that this was inappropriate because she was passed out drunk no no and they they lied a lot like they were really Mm -hmm. called out during that and they kept being like oh you know it was a couple years ago so like how am I supposed to know he would say something and then he that he would get 
questioned about the validity of it and then finally he'd round about be like okay well maybe it didn't happen like that well and I think this just goes to show when he's saying it was a couple of years ago I can't really remember you know what she'll remember mm. she would remember this for the rest of her life even though she doesn't even know what happened she oh will still God. remember and that will impact her significantly the rest of her life but you can't even really remember the details of course not it's one thing because they were kind of using that excuse of oh you know we were drunk and we were just doing silly things because we were drunk but then you showed the pictures to everyone while you were sober and and they made their way around the school yeah around social media yeah there's a huge difference so what was your excuse then Exactly. You're continuing to objectify this girl and degrade her and ruin her reputation. It's almost worse because it's like, yeah, I, you know, we've all done those things that we would never do while we were drunk or intoxicated. Like, while we're sober, we would never do them. And we kind of look back and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I did that. But, you know, it's never been anything terrible in my, in my experiences, at least. No. But never, ever would I then share those pictures or any embarrassing details of that when I've been sober and realized the impact of my decisions or actions. So to me, I'm just like, how the fuck did anyone think it was okay to share those photos or that or like they made it around school and no one thought that the boys were in the wrong? You know, like, I'm just like, how do you not think these boys who took these inappropriate pictures defiled her and then shared the evidence? No one questioned them about that. No, no, they didn't really talk as much about that. They did say, though, that they they had some issues because the one guy said that he was called a rapist and his car was spray painted. But it's not the same, buddy. Like, he's not the one that had the trauma that these other girls have been through. They don't have the same stigma. And I think that would never have happened if Audrey didn't commit suicide either, right? If Audrey was still alive and having to defend herself, people probably would have been blaming her, not believing her. But I think because she committed suicide, there was a little more validity to her story. It's just such a difficult conversation about the guy side because like at the end of the day you you did rape her, you did do those things. Like you should yes. be you should be having to deal with those repercussions and whatever those people are doing to you is valid. Like look at what you did. Yeah. But most of the time these guys aren't prosecuted and the no. only reason they were interviewed for this documentary was because they had to be as part of their settlement but the women don't come forward which just allows these guys to get away with it and think they can do it again and honestly when you see the fallout of these cases I don't blame a lot of these women for not coming forward oh me either I had a huge discussion with this about my um about this topic with my partner because he's like you know I don't know anyone who's like a rapist but I know all these women who've been raped. And it's like, yeah, that's because everyone's congratulating the rapist. Yeah. And it's 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 socially acceptable to be sexually violent or aggressive towards women. But you know, obviously you must know a rapist if you know all these women who've been sexually assaulted. Well, and the other thing too is 
I think a lot of people have in their mind that a sexual assault is when somebody is beaten up physically and then sexually assaulted. So it's like in the movies where you're you got the shit beat out of you and then the guy sexually assaults you. Yeah. But it can come down to a guy just what can you say sort of forcing himself on you and you feeling so intimidated that you can't say no. Does it mean you have any bruises on you? Does it mean that exactly. you know you you've got the shit beat out of you but he still didn't give you the option of saying no. So sexual there's a whole assault. spectrum, right? No, there is. Sexual assault and violence do not necessarily go hand in hand. And it can be as simple mm. as your partner. And it can be with your partner. A lot of people don't realize that. Like, it could be with anyone. Like, yeah. someone who's pressuring you. And even if you give in, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not assault. We really need to break down what sexual assault is and what yeah. that really means and what it looks like and change the dialogue. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The one thing I find very interesting, and I think to me this is more of an American thing, is Mm. this obsession with football and football players. I know, right? I just don't understand it. No. So this was a small town. A lot of these people were small towns. And they have these football stadiums at the high Mm -hmm. schools. Mm -hmm. We, We don't have, we have what, like four high schools in my city? Maybe we even have more. We have more now, actually. But I don't think one of them has a stadium. Maybe one does. Certainly, certainly the my high school did not have a football stadium. We didn't even have cheerleaders. And I remember there was a girl that came from Toronto and they had cheerleaders in her high school. And she was one of them. And she really wanted cheerleaders in ours. And she started this whole petition. But the school was like, no, we're not having cheerleaders because we feel it just like objectifies women so they wouldn't oh, have cheerleaders i know i know might they might have just yeah. put it that way because they couldn't be bothered to organize it <laughs> to be fair though we do have the hockey players so maybe our hockey players are uh, our version of our footballers because oh. those, hockey, those hockey boys were hot shit in high school everyone yes. well, everyone wanted to fuck the hockey players and we would get at my house school we would get the boys from the states or from other places in Ontario or even Canada that would come and board with local families to play on these like triple A teams. Well, you've got a very good point there. I hadn't thought about that. But yes, our equivalent would be the hockey players. Yeah. We're so Canadian. I know. We're so Canadian. (laughs) That is a real Canadian thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, listeners. When you live in Canada, you have to you know, play hockey. And now even the girls all play hockey, but the boys pretty well all played hockey and you're practically on ice skates by the time you can walk. So that's just the way it goes. (laughs) It's very true, but we don't have that obscene sports culture. Like we, we do, but we don't like, it's just not, it's, we don't have that small town America obsession with these small town superstar athletes. I say that loosely. Yeah, this is it. And Paige's mother said said it best. She said the wrong boy raped her because he was mm-hmm. a fair and well connected. So I think that's so true. If it, it was amazing that a lot of these boys were football players, it's it's just crazy yeah. to me. And even the sheriff said, you know, we're always looking at the boys, but everyone needs to take their part. Oh, really? 
Really, oh Mr. Sheriff? God. What's the part of the girls? Exactly. The girls responsible for the boys' behavior? Is that but what you're saying? He kept playing devil's advocate during his interviews. He's like, well, you know, they weren't innocent or they, you know, they were encouraging things and obviously like kind of making me sly. They were asking for it. And I'm like, you are the father of two young girls. Yes. That's you. what was even more shocking. What, what, so the fact that you could not even think to yourself, how would I feel if this was my little girl who yeah. was 14? Because I have to say, guys, listeners, these girls were young. You know, when we yeah. were 14, we felt old as shit, but we were not. We're not 14. She was a baby, you know? Oh my God. These 14 year old girls getting raped by these older boys, 17 year old, you know, boys, but oh my gosh. This yeah, police Paige, officer, was only, Paige was only 13. Yeah. And just this yeah. police officer, I'm sorry, these girls were passed out drunk. Um, so it's their fault. Well, the other thing that amazed me about him was, okay, early in the documentary when they're interviewing him, he said how he had basically rounded everybody up and had them all interviewed in four hours or something yeah. like that. So I thought, okay, Captain he's America. much better than Audrey's case because mm. he had been on top of this very quickly and interviewed everybody. But then near the end, when his views started coming out, I'm like, okay, you you did interview everybody, but you obviously don't think, well, he said that they didn't rape the girls and it wasn't a crime. Yeah. And so originally when I first saw his interviews, because his interviews were quite questionable, like he was very buddy-buddy with the boys and he kind of like made it seem like it wasn't a big deal that they had invited those girls over because boys will be boys. And of course, you were drinking like as you do, like shooting the shit, being real, real nice with them. And at first I was like, OK, this is maybe a good police tactic. He's trying to get their guard down. But then yeah. when we hear his views, it made me think, does this asshole think he's friends with these kids and like he wasn't using it as a tactic and maybe that's actually his idea of a professional interview <laughs> like I was starting to question everything well and it's also kind of weird the whole the sheriff is elected to the position mm -hmm. because you're going to feel a certain amount of obligation to people in that community that helped you with that campaign and who helped you? You know, like, it's all about yeah. what kind of families do you want to serve? What what important things do the community hold? Yes. And it's, it's very political. And, right? and I think it's hard to be objective in that Exactly. Sense. Because if you're, if somebody who is well-connected and prominent in society supported you to get elected, and now their son, is, who's a star football player, is accused of raping somebody... Hmm. Really? Are you going yeah. to take that as seriously? It just blew my mind. And like, all I could think of is the definition of rape and how loosely interpreted it is. So what the fuck do I have to do to prove to you that I was raped? Or what has to happen to me before we can call that rape? Because in my yeah. mind, anything I don't want happening to me is rape or assault. It well, that's not how the sheriff would see it. 
Because exactly. the sheriff said it had to be something forcible. And, you know, obviously she wasn't forced because Daisy was passed out drunk. Well, so of course, no it's like having sex with the blow up doll. It can't fight back. It's incapacitated. How could there not be forced if, like, I'm just, I can't even articulate myself right now because yeah. I'm just so. Like, well, there's no, there's no consent. There's, and that's and the there's issue. no force if you don't, like, if you could kind of bowl her over with your finger, you don't have to force anything. But that doesn't mean that you're doing something she wants done to you. She has no idea what's going on. Even when they ask him in the documentary, when he said there was no force, so there was no crime, and they ask him, but she was drunk. And he was like, well, you know, that's, that's another this, issue. Or what did he say? <sighs> That's another kind of worms, basically, kind of was just like, meh. And I was just like, you sack of shit. But that really reminds me of Abducted in Plain Sight, where they assume she hadn't been raped because there was no trauma. Like, this is something that we really need to readdress as a society and redefine because, like, rape doesn't mean trauma. Just Mm -hmm. because there's no sign of forced entry... So at the end of the day, this really, like, we need to re-examine this. Well, and this is the problem with these charges is it's so hard to get a conviction, right? It is. Just keeps it going and going. It is. And it was just devastating. Like, Audrey, why did Audrey get a conviction but Daisy didn't? Like, wasn't Mm -hmm. the videotape that was there but wasn't there? And just, I'm sorry, but Apple technology isn't thwarting the government that much. You know, it doesn't just Mm -hmm. disappear. Disappear. The cloud, the cloud keeps everything. And if you don't know what the fuck you're doing with that cloud, you're leaking your personal personal pictures all over, all over the show, guys. Just an FYI. Paige was there. She witnessed it. She saw what was happening. That's what... I don't get. So Paige was there and could back up the argument to some extent. And there was another boy there that said, oh, well, yeah, Daisy was in the room with the other guy, but I don't know what was happening. Oh, really? Can you not testify to the fact that how drunk she was? You know, because the, uh, the one boy was like, well, she wasn't that drunk. She had a couple of shots right so uh, to me there was other collaborating evidence so I just found it hard that they felt the prosecutor felt there was no case there yes and this is what I think was so the big difference between the Daisy and Audrey cases like Daisy's mom knew like she knew right away she had to get her daughter to the hospital and something had happened and her mother got involved so there was a rape kit done whereas Audrey her mom didn't push and nothing really happened and she committed suicide so quickly after it happened that really, Oh yeah. So, so quick. but they did her blood alcohol and it was off the charts. So for yes. me, I'm just like, she was, How is that not evident? Up, she was this close, like a smidgen away from fatal intoxication, blood poisoning. And that was done the poisoning. next day. Yes, and which scares me because I'm sure I was there as as in my young bush drinking teen days. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And then they had to bring in the special prosecutor and she wasn't saying too much, but they didn't have the phone anymore, which was interesting. And she did, you know, come up with some charges, but Really? I just, it does make you wonder. 
That's there were so many it. holes, and she was like, the cop was let the sheriff, sorry, was letting that boy handle the evidence, like the phone. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, he could have just deleted the video right there while he was trying to put in his password. You know, yeah. Like, he seemed like he was doing a little bit more moves with putting he, in that password. He did. I was like, I could see a lot of finger work going on behind that screen. What's going on there? Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, he probably delete. I wouldn't be surprised if he deleted that video in that room yeah. because people said they saw it. Yes. What they described sound pretty similar to Paige's description and the yeah. boys' description. I also we had the text messages. I, I don't know because the documentary does use, like, um, conversations. And I'm not 100% sure if those were the actual conversations or if they're recreations. That was Audrey's I, case. Yeah. No, yeah. Audrey's had, had the Facebook Messenger messages. No, for Daisy, though, you could see when she texted that guy to come over to, to drink. He's like, oh, you want to Oh, yes. Yeah. And so um, he said that she promised sexual favors in exchange for alcohol. And we saw the text and never once did she say that. And he tried yeah. to justify it. Like, and then the sheriff was backing up that boy's statements. Like, oh, those girls, they knew what they were getting themselves into. They were making promises. What promises, sheriff? 14-year-old girls don't know mm-hmm. how to make sexual promises. And if they are making those, there's something going on and and. That's a red flag. Yeah. Audrey's case, they did get a conviction, but really, really was it a punishment? 30 days for one guy, 45 for the other. Served on the weekend, still going to school. They're underage, so it's not going to be on their permanent record. Right? Really? Yeah. Is that really? The fact that they served it on the weekends, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes. I know. And it was non-consecutive time. They were still allowed to graduate. Also, during the interview, one of the Johns was ch- was charged with possession of child pornography or images yeah. of underage children, like explicit images. Yes. I'm sorry. That's excuse me. Basically, he he was accessing kiddie porn and that was probably taken without their consent or knowledge. And that's all they got. That, that's all. Well, and what was amazing to me was they had Audrey's friend, Amanda, was saying the boys always ask the girls for pictures. Yes. And they they made a promise to each other not to send pictures, which I was like, good on you, Amanda, that you guys I made know. that promise to each other. And But she said she knows girls in their classes did it, and some even sent full nudes. And these boys basically put all these pictures up in a cloud where they could all access them. And they said they've been accessing them from as early as grade six. Like, yes. I, I I, don't know about you, Michelle, but I wasn't looking at porn in grade six. No. Oh I wasn't God. asking for nudes at grade six. Like, I just, I, I was shocked about that. I was Me like, too. wow. That and it's bad enough that some guy convinces that one of these young girls to do this and she's probably thinking oh this guy likes me on oh I'll just I'll just give him a picture of me in my bra or something like what's the difference it's like a bathing suit but then he puts it on a cloud for all the boys to see exactly and these pictures are around forever like and yeah. that's what is so damaging about the internet and and this problem is we have these very young impressionable children that don't understand 
the implications of their of their digital footprint and how yeah. they're interacting with the internet and what they're putting out there for the world to see. You know, it's one thing as a free-thinking legal adult to make those decisions. And even then, yeah. you know, like when you're 18, 19, like probably best to keep the clothes on, sweetheart. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can't throw any shade. And yeah, like I couldn't imagine. I was a bit of an ugly duckling in high school too. So like no one was that interested. Oh, that's not true. Don't believe her listeners. I don't know. It was pretty awkward. I definitely was not a popular girl. And um, I had, but that's exactly it. So like I had one of those super hot friends who developed very early on in her life. And she was plagued with men and boys just always after her trying to get something, you know, yeah. always. And that's a, yeah. I, that's the sad, huge difference between girls that develop very early and also develop a lot. Like if you've got large breasts, you're a target yeah. right away. Yeah. And I'll never understand what that's like. Like I still look like I'm 18 apparently because I get ID'd all the time <laughs> at the liquor store. And they're like, really? You're, you're in your thirties. And I'm like, promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't understand. And they didn't, make a big deal about those photos on no. the cloud like even the fact that they got charged with possession of them and accessing them wasn't yeah. a big deal like no. and this is what shocks me is people you know women have gone to jail longer for killing people that have been their abuser or have sold them into the sex trade or raped them but you know men can have and boys can have child pornography and, and rape underage girls and only get 30 days yeah like look at Brock Turner I don't know him oh he was like this really hot shot athlete who raped a girl who was drunk at a party and he got not even like a slap on the wrist because he knew all the right people it's a huge famous yeah. case you should look into it and it's just disgusting it's disgusting what happens oh my gosh yeah, I I felt really bad for Daisy and her family. So yes. the other girl, main character, there's a lot of them, but mm-hmm. one the other main character in the documentary. You know, the fact that these boys were friends with her brother. Yes, and her poor brother was really, you could tell he struggled so much to come to terms with that because these were yeah. men. These were boys, sorry, I used the wrong terminology. These were boys that were close friends with him, like, and, like, teammates. Like, they did, you know, wrestling, which I feel like is quite bonding because you get real close and and it's, like, practically gay porn. Um, (laughs) They're doing a lot of rolling around on the mat at very close quarters. So, for me, I just do feel like, do they have no respect for him? Yeah. And I, I just that is just mind boggling to me that they felt that was OK to do to their friend's sister. And to sister. me, that just shows the entitlement of these boys thinking mm-hmm. that this is OK to do, that this is acceptable and I'm going to get away with this. And then the brother is trying to stand up for his sister gets kind of ostracized after. Yes. And he had a huge 
uh, a huge falling out within the community and he yes. you know, lost his identity because he was he went from being this crazy sports athlete where everyone knew him to just being Daisy's brother and you could tell like you know he was working out a lot in the documentary things like that and I kind of felt like wondering if he's kind of changed the way he's acting or like making himself really strong because yeah. of those experiences like if he had ever had to protect his sister he could you know kind of like the guy who want the strongest guy in the world who wants oh, to be able Patrick. to lift a car. Patrick, yeah, Patrick, I know. From, and so, the, from oh. the game changers that we covered last week. Yeah, yeah like so I was kind of thinking that, and I was just like, that poor, poor guy. And I thought it was strange because she had several other brothers. They weren't involved in the documentary, so I would have loved to see um, what their perspective was. But, like, her yeah, mom. I don't know if they were, like, were they older or younger? I'm not sure what the age range was there. Yeah, because I thought she was the yeah. younger. But I might have been wrong. Yeah, but they both went to the same school, so I think, and the yeah. fact that it was his friends that did it, I think, was what what and focused on the attention. The mom on lost this. her job because of this. Like she was a vet. This was then, so impactful on this family because the daughter's reputation was ruined, divided. You know, people were all against her, not believing it happened because they were protecting the the. They weren't football players, I don't think, but the athletes. And then her brother was ostracized. He had no friends because he was siding with his sister. The mom lost her job. Their house was vandalized. And then it burnt down. Burnt down. I was just, and they had already had a really traumatic reason why they had moved to the town on top of that. Because their father had been killed in a car accident. And so they had kind of moved to restart their life. And they finally were building this new life. And then that happened. And for yeah. me, I'm just like, holy fuck. That was just I know. so much trauma. So I can see why it was such an impact on Daisy. Like, even oh. more so. Not that I'm taking away at all from the impact of what, of sexual assault and rape. But it was just layers of trauma. Yeah. Layers. Daisy felt, I felt like Daisy had changed so much over this documentary. You know, and this trauma really hurt her because it was multi-layered. It had such yes. a significant impact, not just on her, but her whole family. And so the harassment from the rest of society and that community was just so strong in her case. Those tweets. So while we were, while we usually watch our documentaries, listeners, like I'll watch it on the TV and I'm taking notes. And as soon as we got to the point where they were talking about the community divided and the tweets started showing on the screen, I, I had to put my laptop down. And even now, just recalling that moment, just, it's such, just horrific. It was, they were so malicious. Like the bullying and attacks that happened on social media, the hashtags that were created, the slut shaming, the the victim shaming. And it just, oh my gosh, it gets way out of hand and people just don't seem to let it go. And I think because you can hide behind your your devices and you can hide behind Mm -hmm. your screen and we don't know who you are and you kind of are a bit more, you can be a bit more free on social media. I feel like it it just lets people let loose and they don't really think of the implications of what they're saying and that they're targeting young, vulnerable, real 
people. These are real people mm-hmm. that have already undergone trauma and now you're like sh- you're shaming them for their trauma and you're victim blaming them and slut shaming them and like just the hashtags, the fact that people there were actual trending hashtags. Yeah. Well, because part of the only reason this case even got prosecuted was because anonymous posted that video and there was a protest, right? So that's what made it popular and all these tweets came out. So you know that people were blaming Daisy and slut shaming her that didn't even know her or anything. People just just read about on this that case. Fucking bandwagon and they just beat it till it's oh, I just can't get over that. Like stay in your fucking lane. I have to say, Anonymous, if you are listening, I love you and you're fabulous. Fangirl over here. Thank goodness he did, right? Because nothing would have happened. They had dropped the case totally. Exactly. And and the whole, like, the town was so upset. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't fucking hide your dirty laundry there, little town. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the poor mayor. Oh, I'm so, you know, the mayor's so upset with the tweets because it's being associated with the town and how awful it is because that's not what their town is about. They've got a beautiful lake and a great golf course or something. But now we're all because Daisy decided to speak up because, you know, some, you know, boy, like just, you know, you know, touched her and like, it's no big deal, you know, and she's making such a big deal about it. Like, just get over it. Oh my God, Daisy, just bury it like everyone else. But I know and he's trying to like, he's like, we've got a, a lake be made. No one wants to talk about that. No, Mayor. No one gives a flying fuck about your lake and your golf course. Jesus. No, no I don't. I care oh about the gosh. fact that if I was to go there with a teenage girl, that somebody would rape her and it's okay. Exactly. I think we forget too, like, Three years, because they raped a 14-year-old girl. These boys were 17. These boys looked like men. They were big guys. Paige looked so young. Daisy looked so young. Yes. We we forget that three years is huge in high school. It is. It's a big difference. I felt like, you know, with Daisy and Paige, those boys really targeted them. And really had this planned out. Because as soon as they got there, Paige was taken in the bedroom with another guy. Right away. Separated. Right away. It's almost like this wasn't the first time they'd done this. It was so calculated. And then they gave Daisy the the bitch cup. And the challenge was to drink it completely. And this was their way of getting more alcohol in her. And then once they got her drunk enough, they took her, the one guy took her in the room. They had this so planned out. This was their plan. It wasn't just come over and hang out. It's come over. We're good. You know, somehow we've probably figured out you've been drinking at home. So come on over, have a few more drinks here and we'll sexually assault you. Like they knew they were going to do this before it happened. They knew. They knew. And I honestly think they took Paige first because they didn't know her and they didn't really care about if they knew, if she knew them. Whereas with Daisy, Daisy could, if this went wrong, Daisy could go home and say to her brother, Hey, this just went down. What the fuck? So they needed to get her like well and truly 
incapacitated so that she would never be able to like go and tell her brother what happened and it wouldn't come back on them. Yeah. And it's just like when this all blew up in the media and they were doing all the different clips and stuff and they had the one guy say, what did these girls expect going out at one in the morning? Are you kidding me? Guess what? I didn't expect to get raped. No, I don't. I don't ever thinking that. Why should that be an expectation? Why should women not be able to walk down the street in the middle of the night and not get raped? You know, go to a party and get drunk and not get raped. Why should that be the expectation? And why is no boy ever blamed? Like, why is it okay for the boy to expect to be able to get laid by a girl or to get something in exchange for, like, why? Yeah, this is exactly it. And I remember thinking when we first were, when I was first watching the documentary with Audrey and her friend and how her friend knew Audrey was really fucked up and she was um, making it with boys and doing stuff she wouldn't normally do. And so she took her upstairs, but she left her. And I remember being initially so angry at that girl for leaving her because I'm like, you never do that. Like, oh my, this is girl code. And it's just also like, as women who have gone through things and we know what it's like and we we always have to be on guard. And this is exactly it is... I always have to be on guard. You always have to be aware. And I always, I remember if I had a friend that was too drunk, I would have to stay sober enough that I could protect her if something happened. Yeah. So when Amanda said that she left Audrey at the party because she was drunk and and she decided just to leave, I felt the same thing. I was almost blaming her. Like, why did you leave her? You should never leave your friend. But again, That goes to this expectation that you should be able to be drunk at a party and not get assaulted. But we all know as women, and of course they were young and and naive at that time, I would never leave my friend drunk at a party and worry, like I wouldn't do that, right? I'd make sure that she was safe. But they didn't know any better and it shouldn't even be that way. It shouldn't even be that way. Like when girls are growing up, they're prepared from a young age if you've got good parents, <laughs> no offense, yes. guys, but they're prepared at a very young age. Watch your drinks. You don't leave your friend alone. These yeah. are the things to look for, Pro- like protect yourself. We have to have these conversations with young women and girls because we don't parent and teach the boys how to act. Yeah. Because we yeah. have a lo- we have created a society where we allow boys to prey on girls And take advantage of them without ever holding them accountable. Like, why aren't we re-educating everyone and instead, like, teaching boys not to be fucking rapists? Yes, I was just going to say that. We're not educating everybody. We're educating the girls. We're not educating the the boys. I'm in my 30s. You're in your 50s. We have very similar understanding and explanations of this mentality of having to grow up and protect yourself. Yeah. You know, so I'm sorry, but it's not like this is a new thing. We have been teaching this to girls for decades and yet they're still being attacked. So I think we're doing something wrong here, guys. Yes, absolutely doing something wrong. And unfortunately, we're doing something wrong in in Canada because Ontario very, very recently ruled that intoxication can be used as a defense in violent crimes such as sexual assault. 
So it's very concerning, this change, and we're going to see how it plays out in the future. I believe it came out in a in a different type of case. I believe it was a murder case. But, of course, everybody's very concerned that they're going to apply this to sexual assault. So yes. it's very, very upsetting, and I'm waiting to see if there's a protest for me to join about it because oh, I'm very upset about it. Well, and Ontario is is really screwing up because they've done this. And then um, not that long ago, they changed the sexual education curriculum and reverted it back to the 90s standard that removed any education about consent and um, about assault. Yeah. And about how like sexual misconduct and like just what consent is and those foundational things, because this is exactly it is. We need to be teaching consent from a very small age, whether or not yeah. it's a hug or playing with someone. Consent's consent, and if you don't, if you don't accept and validate someone's consent, consent doesn't exist in any shape or form. The fact that we've removed the education, like actual explicit education about sexual consent and what rape is and how not to be a rapist for our little boys at school, mm-hmm. is just shocking. So. You yeah, know? I was very upset about that. And I think we talked about that in another podcast. I forget, might have been abducted in plain sight. But I remember because I looked up, everybody was such up in arms about this sex education. And I thought, oh, well, let me look it up because everybody's freaking out. So what exactly is it? I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, this was people protesting about something that they didn't fully educate themselves about because it did have a lot in there about consent and there should be stuff in there about harassment too, because there's so much workplace violence, education and harassment legislation that you can't go to work and now, you know, harass these girls like you did when you were a teenage boy. So we should be teaching that right from day one. Exactly. And it's very true though. Like consent starts with children. Michelle, what did you think? This documentary was very interestingly done with its overlay of the digital and like showing the social media and how they had done those interviews, those cartoon styles to, you know, to protect those boys' identities so that nobody knows that they're rapists or child pornographer lookers. <sighs> they probably weren't allowed to show them because they were charged. I know. Age, right? I don't care. But I know. I didn't like the cartoon characters. I was so annoyed because, you know, the girls would never be allowed to have that kind of an anonymity. No. They're never allowed to have that. No, they're, they're not. public figures now. Exactly. So how come the victim is so out in the media and is a public figure, but the, the boys aren't? Exactly. Like group meeting with all the girls yes. who had been raped and and a few of the girls from the documentary were involved in it and like they really talked about that how they just they were everywhere you know like in the media yeah. and everyone knew their story but like you don't know the the perpetrator's story you don't know the raper's story they're always no. protected and I thought it was so powerful these girls all coming together and sharing their experiences I thought it was it was so great for them and Delaney was such an interesting character too you know her story she didn't report it at the time and then another girl was raped by the same guy and she felt so guilty that she never reported but she shouldn't because nothing probably would have happened anyway but it also just shows that 
these guys do this continuously. So just like you said with Daisy's case, you know, these guys had it so well planned, they probably have done it before and nobody reported it. And considering how the reaction was to Daisy, I don't think I'd be coming forward and say, oh, he did no. it to me too. Right. And we have seen it played out so many times um, where women are just completely and utterly dehumanized because of yeah. the the processes involved with reporting a rape. And there is this heartbreaking um, docu-series, like based on a true story, a dramatic retelling on Netflix that deals with it. And I can't think of the name right now. I'm really annoyed, but it's on Netflix and we will post it in our show notes, guys, when um, our brains are functioning better. Uh, (laughs) But it, the way she was treated and just the dehumanization, it was so gut-wrenchingly horrific. Yeah. I could not finish watching the show. Like, I, I made it one episode, and I was physically ill. No, I what did. What did you I, think of the tattoo? Okay, I had to have a little bit of an eye roll about Daisy becoming a tat- an off-licensed tattoo artist. Um, but I did think it was a wonderful bonding moment to have all those girls tattooed and um, what their tattoos signified. And then yeah. also the fact that it was all it was done by Daisy. I thought that was very powerful and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was too. But I thought that I thought the tattoos were good. I thought that was a great symbol for their yes. journey and what yes. they're going through and a nice bonding moment between them and yeah I thought it was and great healing. especially since so many of those girls are were you know suicidal things like that like yes. really had a lot to overcome yeah like even Daisy's brother said you know they they got her into counseling they said at least she's not trying to kill herself all the time now yeah, he's not slinging her over his shoulder and taking her to the yeah. closest ER. Oh, I thought that was... A and that's exactly, like, how do you not internalize all these things, like, especially when so much has happened to your family, like, because of the case and because of it, it's a lot to take on as a young girl. Oh, I can't even imagine. Me either. It was heartbreaking, just heartbreaking watching these poor girls. It is. I and and you'd like to think that the boys maybe learned something from this experience. You know, they had to be interviewed for this documentary as part of the civil suit. But, geez, what did they learn, Chelsea? It was a fucking joke. They learned nothing. Those no. boys weren't taking this seriously at all. And they're like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm just doing this because I have to. And it was four years ago. So I don't really remember all the details. Guess what I did learn? I learned from all of this that girls gossip and guys are more laid back. Yeah, they're so laid back, Michelle. Totally. Are you kidding me? I I was so physical. Like, I was so enraged at that comment because I'm like oh yeah you're so laid back raping those girls and then bragging to your buddies about it and and just defiling these girls yeah you're so laid back I couldn't believe it either I'm like I think I yelled at the tv when that I came did on. this is what you've learned 
Really? Yeah, and it's just like they didn't take it seriously at all. Like, those boys have fucking learned nothing. They are going to go on to continue to rape girls, continue to do the same practices they were doing. It's it's unconscionable. Yeah. I I was Stop just blown it. away by that comment. I I I'm enraged even thinking about it now. It was just so unbelievable to me. And it just I I honestly feel like it probably has a lot to do with the fact that they didn't really have to deal with any consequences. There really weren't yeah. any consequences. And the no. only reason that it became public record was because they launched that civil suit. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's just really amazing that the mom made sure to do all this like back dealing to really get those boys yeah some kind of charge you know yeah. like just something and also so that they couldn't just hide in the shadows forever yeah they did somewhat in the documentary because they're not shown. Well, exactly, uh, but it is public record, so you could look them up and find those cases whereas before under the previous case they weren't named I don't think mm-hmm. and this is what it bothers me is like okay so they've done this how's that going to impact them for the rest of their life are they going to be allowed to work with children are they going to be allowed to work wow. as a teacher are they going to be allowed to work in the police oh like, my gosh they definitely should not be teachers imagine them as teachers in high school Oh, they'd be like the guys off of the t- the teacher's pet. I was just going to say that. They would be like him. 2.0. Right? The yeah. twins. That's a problem with, you know, I get the concept of of the young offenders not having a record for life. But there is some concern that are they really going to learn and change from it? And I don't know if these boys will. And I think it should be for some things, like things yeah. like rape and yeah. is that like child uh, looking at underage porn, things like that, like that. Yeah. And those are huge warning signs. Like you often look at people who become sex offenders later on in life, like serial sex offenders. And they had a history of it from when they were young, you know, or people who become pedophiles. Like it starts young. Oh, yeah. And and so for me, like, I guess because, you know, we're true crime junkies, I'm all, like, for me, I'm just like, ding, 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 like all my alarm yeah. bells are ringing. And I'm just like, and this is going to get brushed off. And then in 10 years, he's going to be serial raping everyone in the state. And, you know, it, he's going to be the next fucking Golden Gate killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh that's exactly it. And we're not going to find him because there's no fucking permanent record. No. And it just, I don't know, it bothers me. And I, I think about that all the time. Like, I really, I really get Delaney. And it was so powerful when she said he, when he raped someone else. Like, because it's, you think about that. Like, yeah, you really do. This guy did this to you. What's he going to do to the next girl? I'm sure all these girls have a lot of guilt. Like, Delaney guilty for not reporting Amanda feeling guilty for leaving Audrey at the party, even Paige and Daisy having some guilt about what happened to each other. Like Paige went inside and Daisy said she'd be inside when they just dropped her on the ground and let her practically freeze to death. I don't know. You know, but they have nothing to blame. They don't have no. blame. They don't have guilt. You got It's not blaming the victims here. Exactly. And I just think about it and I think about that, that those interviews with those boys 
you don't give a fuck. And then you think about those girls and all they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah. Still to this day, right? Still to this day. And I'm just like, where in society have we gone wrong? How can we fix this? What do we need to do to make sure the, the next generation of boys and these young boys that are being raised now are different? Yeah. Are making that change. And that poor Paige, like, she got off so easy. Her her offender just, like, rolled over and gave everything up. Was like, yep, I did it. I did yeah. it. Sorry, guys. Yeah, she got, I, I mean... At least there was some validation of what happened to her through that process. Mm-hmm. Not that it makes it any easier no. to some extent, but at least, you know, there wasn't this whole did he or did he not issue that came out with everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And also it makes it worse. It's like, so why, you know, if, if one boy admits to rape, is it really that sh- that... Barbara reached to think the other boys did too. <laughs> poor, well, poor apparently. Girls. Oh, I know. It's because men are in charge of it all, Michelle. Oh, I. It's just. It's shocking that this is still going on. Like seriously, it, it is. And you know, you think we'd come so far, and this is why, ladies, we should all be feminists. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in the documentary before, but I have such an issue with women who are like, oh, no, I'm not a feminist. And I'm like, really, 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 you're not a feminist. How can you not be a feminist? Like, so you think it shouldn't be equal pay for equal work? You think that women should be able to be raped and men not held accountable? Like, you think women shouldn't have the vote? Like, what, what, what makes you not want to be a feminist? But, you know, (laughs) it's this negative stereotype that can be associated with feminism. But I know when I was in my 20s and and women would say this and I would just think, are you kidding me? Really? How Mm -hmm. do you not want to be a feminist? And I think it's easy for us, like for the newer generations to kind of be like, oh, we don't we're not. It's like because someone paved the fucking way for you someone else did all the hard work and got us to where we are which is still not equal you know so it's like all these feminists did all this stuff for you and then you're just spitting on their graves by saying you don't want to be a feminist yeah I read an article many years ago and it was talking about like kind of your generation not being feminist because they think everything's done Mm -hmm. right like they think We've come so far in society, there are equal rights now, but there's still these issues under the surface a lot of times, and sometimes they're not even under the surface like this documentary, but Mm -hmm. there's still a need for feminism in it, and you know, it's about equal rights for everybody with feminism, it's not, and it's not about women being better than men or higher than men, it's about having that equal opportunity and equal respect in society, but I think this just shows that we still have so far to come, unfortunately. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, I just felt this was a really good documentary. Very difficult, but highlighted the issues of sexual assault of teenage girls. And in particular, the fact that they're still blamed in society for these assaults. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the comments from people who didn't even know these people and made all kinds of assumptions and just how much they protected the boys. I think 
really is highlighting that this is still such an issue. And also for my generation where we didn't grow up with cell phones, it really showed the impact, the negative impact, like you mentioned earlier on, of social media, cell phones, the ability to take pictures and videos, and how that now plays into sexual assault cases in, especially, I would say probably especially with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we need more documentaries like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as difficult as it was to watch, this is a subject matter that more people need to be exposed to, and we need to change the way it's being dealt with in modern society. Watch it with your friends, watch it with your partner, especially with your partner, guys. Even if you've got one of those nice partners who you never think would rape a girl or, you know, all that stuff or doesn't think that they know any rapists, like they need to understand what is happening in the world. And it is people that have that mentality that are keeping rapists safe and letting them continue to rape and assault. We need to really address that. Um, And we can't continue down this road where slut shaming and blaming the girls happens and telling the boys, boys will be boys. It is what it is. And protecting them continues to take place. Accountability must be placed accordingly. We must educate the people on consent and what that means. And we have to take these allegations and cases far more seriously than we are doing because their impacts are growing deeper and deeper. The longer that we allow this cycle to continue and it's only going to get worse. It really Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So thank you everybody for listening. Please leave us a five-star review and share with your friends and follow us on social media. We'll have all that contact in the notes and we're back again in two weeks with our next episode uh, moving parts with Trixie Mattel from yes, Drag I'm so Race. excited. My yeah. favorite drag queen. <laughs> yeah, so it should hopefully be a lot lighter of a subject than, than this one. <laughs> Try to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Michelle. And I really want to close out this documentary with... Um, Audrey's words that she texted to John R., which I think were very poignant in this whole situation where we talk about the boys being so protected and and all the shame put on the girls. And her words were, you have no idea what it's like to be a girl. <laughs>